0: Isaac, how's it going tonight? It's uh, it's going pretty good. Uh, so a little bit of Magic news this week before we get into the deck lists and stuff.
1: Yes. Um, so there was a bit of a shakeup in the Magic Digital department
0: uh, earlier this week,
1: um, in that the CEO of the company announced that they were launching a new Magic Digital division. Is that what it's called? I believe. Yeah, I think so. And uh, with that, we uh, saw the departing of our longtime friend worth
0: worth um you know I don't I don't necessarily dislike worth I don't have a a ton of experience with magic online but I will say that uh, him leaving is a, a, an auspicious uh, reminder that th- that the game has been uh, the magic experience online has been pretty stagnant over the last 10 years
1: yeah I actually just started playing magic online this week. And uh, it wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be based on what people have said over the years, but the one thing I never ever want to do is build a deck on <laughs> this client, you know? Yeah. Like it's just torture. I was just trying to build a deck with what they gave me in like the opening pack so I could solitaire and learn how the client worked. Yeah. And I was just—it was just so much clicking, and the windows were the wrong size and everything. So I, I definitely see that it needs a refresh.
0: Yeah, um, I mean, there's so there's a lot to there's a lot to think about when when we're talking about uh, uh, any sort of improvement in the client. There's there's tons of things that they could do to improve the client from from just simple bug fixes to uh, you know possibly finding a way to remove all the all the bots that kind of screw screw with the magic economy online. Um, mm-hmm. Personally speaking, uh, for me, um, I would like to see a, a, a grasp at the way. Other digital card games uh, handle their their economy, which is sort of a, a freemium uh, service where like you know like you look at hearthstone and you see how they like initially you're offered some packs when you start the game and then you can sort of grind uh, through free play, you can grind your uh, your packs and get and get uh, you know get competitive in the game without necessarily dropping a bunch of money. But if you do decide to drop money, um, it, the, that road is, is certainly helped a lot. Now, I don't know that Magic's going to just drop their old client and go right to something like that, but it's something that they that I think that they're definitely aware of, and I'd be very surprised if they haven't at least thought about something like that. Um, and, and Duels of the Planeswalkers has sort of that feel where you can like grind cards, but it, it, no one plays Duels of the Planeswalkers competitively, and it certainly doesn't have any um, appeal for a person who plays Legacy. Right.
1: Yeah. Um, I mean, speaking as a person who recently bought in, I, I'd be interested in seeing how they handle the the existing economy. In fact, having just started playing Magic Online like literally two days ago, I've done I did a little bit of research before I got in and learned a little bit about why the economy works like it does, how it's worked traditionally, and it makes a little bit of sense. You know, you're not trying to cannibalize your physical product too badly, and uh, but you know, on the other hand, it is really hard like to look at some of the online card prices like, i was just straight up saying like well i'm not playing this deck i'm not playing this deck yeah. you know because I mean, uh, i'm not gonna do that
0: the 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 common i guess uh common wisdom is that uh if magic online does too well then magic paper suffers um and i wouldn't necessarily call that wisdom in that it's it's smart to think that way i think that uh if both are good both flourish um personally but i I think that that's always been sort of wizards um sort of the way they felt about magic online is that like they don't want their experience to be too good because then if it is lgs's will suffer and i don't think that's really the case i think that if you uh if they did it correctly and in a way that didn't uh make your uh you know your paper uh uh I guess for better, for you know, lack of a better lack term, a better term. Uh, your paper experience uh, suffer because you're not spending money physically. Um, I think that th- they could figure out a way to make the two things work. Uh, uh, you know, not necessarily in in combination with each other, but at least at least kind of together. Um, and, and there's a couple ways they can do that. One of them, obviously, is the freemium version, like what Hearthstone does. Um, mm-hmm. Another option is is the way Spotify uh, streams you music, um, where you'd have a subscription and you'd be charged monthly for, uh, for a magic online subscription. Uh, there's an inherent problem with that is that, uh, you know, if you can have access to, let's say all of the standard cards or all of the modern cards, legacy, vintage, you know, all the cards for, for what they deem commander, you know, um, Mm -hmm. well, why are you playing in a tournament then? What do you win? Um, well, I that guess that becomes that's a, a problem, good. right? You're like <laughs> yeah. and then do they give you money? Is that gambling in, in this place or that place? So it, it, it's they they really have to th- th- if they're going to do that and I'm not saying they are, I'm just saying it's an option. Um, then they have to decide why people want to play this competitively because you can get some really good practice on magic online if you're playing competitively. Um, and that if they made it so that it didn't your games didn't matter people would just drop after they fi- figure out that they're losing a game. And that happened back a long time ago before Magic Online was a thing. Um, you know, with uh, with Apprentice, um, that was mm-hmm. certainly a, a, a thing you could do with other people. And as soon as they thought that they were losing, they would just log out. Um, and Magic even had, um, after the Microprose game, but before Apprentice got really big, um, Magic had sort of a, a, a CD-ROM game that, that came out that you could... Uh, play with other people on the internet. This was around uh, uh, Exodus era, and you could play with other people, but as soon as you started winning, they just drop out immediately. So that, that made for a bad play experience. So I think w- if, what they have to do is that if they're going to do something like this, they have to make the play experience also be worth it. Um, so they have to figure out, that that's the inherent flaw in the, the subscription system. It's like, if there's nothing to win, then why play? yeah.
1: Well, I think that the subscription system is interesting for formats like legacy and vintage, you know, especially just because the cards are literally never going to be printed again, you know, as they say, and whether the subscription is basically like a proxy tournament, right? Mm -hmm. You know, so and this might be a way for those formats to live on. Granted, what does the meta look like when everyone has access to all the cards? True, is it is, is a good question. Yeah, it's a um, very good
0: question. I mean, that's that's kind of what we deal with in Vintage, anyhow. Because um, most of the people who play Vintage are Legacy players, and the fifteen proxies allows us to immediately get into Vintage. Like yeah. you can just be a Vintage player with fifteen proxies. So, um, and and that's in paper, but in uh, Online, yeah, it's a good question. What would what would the the meta look like if you had access to every card and everyone else did too? Um, well, this gets
1: this gets to the question about like you know is is Wizards scared also of Legacy being appealing as a format to people? You know, yeah, like that's if for you sure. can just if you can just subscribe and play Legacy all all advantage all the time, that's the best version of this game. Then you're probably really never going out and buying packs and playing Standard at your local game store. I mean, I, I don't know how much I. I don't know how conspiratorial I want to sound when I'm talking about that yeah. but I do think that, that Magic Online is an as a perfect outlet to continue these formats. For sure. I'm um, going along.
0: Uh to so, go on a on a small tangent actually uh, cuz you were just saying what would a meta look like if you had access to all cards. You know, um that's what a living card game is. Yeah. That's so that's an interesting thought. Uh you know, Living Card Game is a game that like it's basically kind of a, like a subscription service where you buy the game initially, and then after each, uh after like every month, they put out a new set that's a playset of a- every card. And so basically for a nominal fee, you're always getting a playset of every card. Um As, as long as you get in at the beginning of a card game, you can always find all that stuff. And normally that stuff's always in print too. F- uh, Fantasy Flight Games does a lot of stuff like that. So that's interesting. I wonder, I, I don't play any living card games, but I I wonder what it, uh, meta would look like if, if everyone had access to all the cards. Um, well,
1: I guess like if you really
0: think about it, the
1: Pro Tour is is sort of like that. I mean, it's all the pros, all their teams. Mm-hmm. You know, they're bar- they're For not sure. really buying cards. Yeah, you they can always the borrow
0: something if they need to borrow something. So there's never there's never a uh, uh, you know worry as far scarcity as like, isn't an issue. Yeah, right? scarcity's not an and issue, and that's right?
1: really what we what we talk about a lot. when We talk about all these issues around the reserved list 100 yeah, all it's, these things it's like this game used to be more about more about scarcity than it really is now i mean getting a play set of every standard card is not it's not a you know trivial cost but, but if you're that possible, serious you know? it's not impossible yeah
0: but it is also, a little bit harder in legacy like i personally would like to play uh blue black decks but i don't own uh, i only own one underground Sea. so like it's sort of hard for me to be like, well, let me just drop nine hundred dollars, and then I can just do that now. So right. it, it's it's a little tough to, uh, you know, just decide that, like, you know, in Legacy, that you're just going to switch to a, a you know a new deck if you don't have the duels for it, because that that's that's a limiting factor of 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 Magic the Gathering is that uh, you know if you don't have infinite money, you cannot buy infinite cards.
1: Yeah. Well, and they also it gets it, the point where there's actually several games within, you know, under the Magic: The Gathering rule set. There's draft and and sealed, you For know, sure. limited, where you play if you pay a flat fee to play a certain, de- you know, play in that moment, right? Yeah. There's standard, uh, which you know is a constrained card pool, and the way the print runs are now, it's trivial if you're really serious to buy all the cards. And then there's you know the first. Seventeen years of the game, where the print runs were smaller, and you know, in some cases, cards are very difficult to find, right? Yeah. So, um, so yeah, you've got all the all those different people, you know, in involved in your game, and then you've got this digital platform that, you know, let's be honest. I mean, it it's it came out after the game. Like there was, you never would have imagined this. Oh yeah, know, for it, sure. Very- I mean, it,
0: it was never part of the initial plan was to make this a digital experience. That's for sure. Um, and it's been tried several times uh, before, I think this came out in 2005, before 2005. And uh, I wouldn't call the, the you know, the games that they put out failures, but they certainly were not magic. The gathering as as we know and love it. Um, so, you know, it's it, the digital experience is definitely a thing that, uh, you know, people, people want and doesn't necessarily always translate well uh you know and that's for any product right you know uh the other thing so so we've covered uh subscription we've covered freemium and the other option is uh some sort of system where you can uh buy cards and then uh prove that you own those cards and insert them into the online system and then you would have those cards online which uh Magic has never done anything like that before. And I think only, like, maybe Yu-Gi-Oh! or Pokemon has some, had done something similar to that. Um, uh, but it's, it's an interesting style. Uh, I, I personally, I'd I prefer something like that, but how would you prove that you have Dual Lands, right? Like, it's not like there's a barcode on your Dual Lands, you know?
1: Well, no, I mean, there's image recognition software. I mean, uh, you know, you use it... I mean, think about, like, depositing a check, you know, in your mobile app. Hmm. All that technology is... Is, is out there now to just like, you know, scan the card with your phone. For sure. Uh, camera but and how do recognize I prove it? that
0: I have one Tundra and not 700 Tundras?
1: Well, that's the good point. That's another, that's yeah. another part Or how of do point, I right? prove that I mean, my then, Tundra is your matter? Tundra
0: <laughs> and we're both using yeah. the Tundras? I and mean, at that point you might as well just give everybody, everybody's cards because it's just like, why, why bother making me scan all of your cards and all of my cards? you know right that's it's that's rude at that point you know <laughs> um but uh yeah, yeah so you got me there <laughs> coming up with ways to um and that, and that messes with the mtg ca- uh, card economy as well um which the mtgo card economy i should say um that is that is established but not i feel is c- totally broken and completely incorrect but that's just what it is because of, because this game exists online and offline uh the scarcity in different areas for different cards changes the way the cards are. Foils and some are sometimes less expensive online than the actual card is online, which is always weird. Uh, I, I'm, that might be just because no one's paying attention to foils.
1: Also, because the foil animation can freeze your computer. Yeah, seen it's, that. A it's, problem.
0: You know, and and let's also talk about the fact. So we've covered the kinds of ways that it would work. The one major thing that I would love to see if they, um, if they decide to do an overhaul, give us a Mac client. Like, yeah, right. So, so many people who play Magic do not have PCs. You know uh give us a we have a pc client that's fine i'm not saying take away the pc client that'd be insane but give us a mac client too like what's wrong with that like if diablo 2 or 3 and hearthstone and all the blizzard games can play on mac and can play on uh pc you know minus overwatch i'm sure they're working on that um then why can't they have a why why in 2017 do not do they not have Mac client like that's that's mind boggling to me
1: yeah I mean it is really amazing I had to buy a PC which is I haven't bought a PC in a while I mean one nice thing about it is that at this point the way I use a computer is I don't need like a big hard drive so I really just you know bought the most money efficient thing I can buy but yeah it was a bummer that for years I had a Mac and couldn't couldn't play Magic Online yeah I imagine all that will be If they're really serious about the re-architecture, I think the two big questions are what do you do with the existing card economy and how long until this comes out, right? Yeah, for sure. Are we talking two years?
0: Are we talking changes at all? Maybe they just keep, Going where they're going and they're cha- making only internal changes, you know, like that could be a possibility. I mean, there's a speculation as to, you know, why did Worth leave? He left of his own accord. Was it because they were restructuring the whole thing and they were like, well, you're going to have a demotion. We're going to put some other people here. And he's like, no, I'd, I'd rather move on. You know, did they tell him, look, if you don't quit, we're going to fire you. You know, like yeah. it's it's. no one knows why that happened. And I'm sure he's not going to tell anybody um and and, and you know, for his professional career, there's no reason for him to tell anybody about that. you know, like the guy did a passable job um and passable uh, was not good enough at the end of the day. so um, and I can't necessarily say I would have done better. Uh, I certainly would have made some different choices. Um, but uh, I think uh, we're we're in for some changes. I, I have to I have to assume, but not necessarily uh, a ton right. and i I think that that can only be good.
1: From, from my perspective, got a couple of days under my belt now. The only thing I would really uh, care to see is, um, like, the actual play experience, like, in the game doesn't bother me that much. It, it replicates what you do at the table pretty well, I think. But, like, all the back end, all the other stuff, like, you know, your deck, your collection
0: page, and yeah. the bots, and... It's just such a. The mess. bots is like so insane to me that that's even like allowed. Um, that's that's. It's just like that whole thing creates the economy, which to me, like when I first started playing it back in 2005, I was like, "What?" And I just want to buy a deck. How can I buy the cards I need? Where do I go to a <laughs> vendor? Where's a case at that I can look at and get these digital cards instead of like trying to haggle with these bots over prices and tickets and 0.5 of a ticket. And then this bot remembers that you have a 0.5 of a ticket and it's just like in their system forever or whatever. It's like, come on guys, oh, yeah. there's gotta be a better way. Um, yeah. The other, so um, yeah, that's just, it just drives me nuts that that's like, that's their system.
1: Well, I, I, I just, uh, I think that it, it's not, it's not good for them to support legacy and as well. And I hope that they do that whatever they do.
0: The other thing with the play experience. So if they had ever moved to a mobile platform, one of the reasons why, um, Hearthstone works so well on a mobile platform. One, because it's easy to, to watch, obviously, like you can kind of get an idea of what's going on almost immediately as you play that game, um, Mm -hmm. or watch that game. Um, but, um, one of the problems is the priority system that exists in magic online that is completely taken for granted when you're playing in person, because you'll just cast a spell Someone doesn't tell you no immediately. You know that that spell has successfully been cast. But on Magic yeah. Online, they have to prompt you. So there's there's ways that they can uh, do that to make the game more smooth to watch. Because I couldn't imagine like trying to esport this thing. You can't esport Magic Online as it is now. I mean, it's its own esport in its own world. It's completely impossible to um, bring bring that experience to something like League of Legends level, right? Um yeah. But, the, the, you know, like, let's let's assume that, like, they were able to port magic online to your phone, right? And one of the things that they could do to—I uh, hope someone at Wizards is listening to, to me on this. And one of the things that they could do to make that experience more intuitive, to, like, move along the games a little bit quicker, is, is you tap down your phone to stop play. So, like, if someone casts a spell, it will go off, and, like, it'll be, like, one— to cast right and if you see a spell cast that you don't want cast you hold the butt, you hold the phone down you know you hold your finger on the phone and it's like oh you want to do something about this okay cool now you have priority like just tapping the the phone to show that you want priority is a really easy way to uh make you know like create create a better experience for like a mobile a mobile version of the game
1: yeah, I mean the priority system is also part of what makes this game unique. And oh, for sure. interesting. So, like you know, if it has to be that way, I mean, you really have to attract people with the with the depth of the gameplay. I think that a phone, <laughs> a phone client for Magic it would be awesome, but also, you know, we're, that's got to be three or four years of work
0: at least. I mean, at least <laughs> it, it's got it, it um, would be so far in the future that we're talking by then. You know, uh, cell phones are trapped in our heads, and, you know, we can see an entire screen in front of us at all times. You know, I, I think. Well, there's also, yeah. <laughs> I
1: mean, there's also the idea, though, of using voice commands or something like that. It could be, they could do that on the computer as well, you know.
0: That would be cool, but I like to play Magic the Gathering when my girlfriend's asleep. Uh, <laughs> So that wouldn't work out too well. No, that would not. <laughs> uh, stop! Know. I counter that spell! You know, and she's like, what are you talking about? Hold uh, priority! Yeah. Um, well, so yeah, I mean, there's a lot of, there's a lot of things that can be done to make the, uh, the gameplay experience better. So, uh, so that's just a small piece of news that we spent 20 minutes on. <laughs> yeah. Uh, just, just that one thing gave us 20 minutes worth of speculation. Um, so before we move on to our next topic, uh, I wanted to talk about, uh, we, uh, we have a Patreon now over at, uh, patreon.com slash, uh, eternal dirtles. And um, we're we're taking on, uh, you know, we're we're asking uh, for your help uh, to help us make the show better, and uh, you know we're gonna put that money towards some some new equipment and stuff like that, and we're also offering some pretty cool rewards.
1: Yep, I'm actually putting a down payment in. Well, I mean, not down payment, but I'm I'm uh, I'm going out on a limb and buying myself a new microphone to go with my new computer. Um, so, you know, we'll we'll be uh, we're, we're looking to improve the podcast any way we
0: can. Yeah. So, uh, just throwing that out there, uh, anybody that does that, we really appreciate it. And, um, you know, uh, it doesn't, it's not like we're asking for much, like a dollar is just fine. Um, but we, you know, we're offering up to, I think up to $25 a a month to help us out with the podcast. Um, but anyhow, uh, so, you know, that sort of thing is, is, is awesome. If you could do it, if you can't, we're going to continue giving you, uh, giving you some, some awesome content either way. Um, that said, uh, Moving on to the next topic is, uh, you know, with Aether Revolt coming into uh, legality this weekend, uh, we're looking to see some deck, deck lists.
1: Yeah, I think that well, the, the number one card that's going to make an impact on Legacy from Aether Revolt is going to be Fatal Push. And there's a couple There's a couple things that that, that goes along with. One is that a bug mid-range deck just won a Grand Prix. And that deck probably wants this card a little bit. Um, and I'll talk about you know why in a second. The other is that deck is also somewhat of a new idea that's sort of getting a little bit of run. Um, and it already plays for True Name Nemesis, which itself dodges dodge Fatal Push. So I think we've got some, some I guess, like weather moving in. <laughs> you know, just like you, you look on the horizon and you see sort of like a disturbance. Like what what could be the ripple effect of all this, right? Mm-hmm. Um, what do you think, uh, you know, sort of, I mean, what's your first impression of, like, what you think the, the uh, printing of Fatal Push does for legacy decks for, that you well,
0: know about them? Well, man, uh, first, it's good. It's I think it's good, because it's, it's taking... It's tough. Is it good? Uh, so we're moving away from creature decks, if this is the case, right? Like um decks like infect uh become less great uh what else like delver decks obviously could get are targeted by this delver decks especially because then it's like tarmogoyf delver tarmogoyf goes down in value not you know maybe not financially but as a card to play in legacy yes if it people are playing does. swamps <laughs> tarmogoyf is the first card you want to hit with fatal push you know yep. uh so that's that's an interesting thing to think about. Um, I guess um, anything that, lets you, that that pushes us to interact on the board is good, right? Like, that's how I feel. Um, mm-hmm. It's good in a deck that because you can get rid of uh, Thought ThoughtNot Seer with it. If you sack a, sack a land, get a, get a thing, you can kill a Thought Knot Seer, draw your card back. I like that. Um, mm-hmm. it, it's a one-mana spell, which is sort of a bummer because it doesn't get around Chalice of the Void. Which I, I think is a very huge problem in the format. Uh, I I really uh, I'd like to see that banned. I think. Um, <laughs> well, and then maybe I I'm mean, biased because I have a most of my decks are one and two mana spells. But man, that's yeah. most of Legacy is one and two mana spells. Yeah, I think that
1: um, that's it, it, there's a there's a little bit of a tension that's being formed with abrupt decay and this card, right? And I actually don't think of this card as competing with Abrupt Decay. To me, this card competes with Swords to Plowshares yeah. and Bolt, right? And dismember. because abrupt and Dismember, yeah, Disfigure. I mean, whatever had been used in this slot before. Yeah. And the reason I say that is because you don't really, you don't really want to kill a Deathrite Shaman or a Delver or Secrets with Abrupt Decay. You know, it's a two mana you know, spell. It's yeah, two yeah. colors. You're playing. You're you're fetching. You're you're probably fetching non basic against decks with Wasteland. It's not always the best. It's great that it's uncounterable, and that's probably the thing that that saves it, right? Mm-hmm. When I think of Erupt Decay, the targets are Chalice of the Void, obviously. Counterbalance, obviously. And then there's weird stuff out Blood there, moon. like Umazawa's <laughs> Jitte. <laughs> yeah. Well, Umazawa's Jitte is a big one. Like, mm-hmm. I tried playing a deck without abrupt Decay and creatures, and I played against a Stoneforge Mystic deck, and they got the Erupt or the uh, Umazawa's Jitte down, and that was basically the end of my chapter, right? Yeah. Um... I, th- I think, th- I mean, those are really the cards. Liliana of the Veil might be in there a little bit as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so Abrupt Decay is permanent removal, is, is great permanent removal, and sort of averagey creature removal, right? mm mm-hmm. um, But at the same time, like, you only have so many slots in your
0: deck. Yeah. Right? I mean, you can't so- play four four Fatal Push, four Abrupt Decay, and then expect to have, you know, room for a lot of other stuff. So that's that's... You also, know.
1: remember that this card doesn't kill a Tomb Stalker, which I saw today. <laughs> a, uh, a, a Reality Smasher. Neither of those cards do. A Reality yeah. Smasher. Um, what else is, like, big? Gurmag Angler, right? Neither Hooting Mandrills. <laughs> Hooting Mandrills, which is a card that really uh, ate my lunch at the Grand Prix. Cards, start, so, cards
0: like that start to go up in stock, too. These Delve Creatures, like Gurmag Angler... Uh, and and uh, what's called Tombstalker and mm-hmm. Hooting Mandrills start to go up in stock a little bit uh, over maybe Tarmogoyf.
1: Right, and I think the the, the Fatal Push Excitement go, comes down to a couple things. One is that uh, it does kill Tarmogoyf, unlike most disfigures. It's very rare that a disfigure would kill a Tarmogoyf of any relevance. And it can kill a Monastery Mentor of any size, which is a thing that yep. happens, right? Um and uh, it can kill a Thought Nuts Seer, also a thing Disfigure uh, never will do, right? So I think the card is unquestionably better and it's main deckable and everything like that. The question is do we see a shift towards these other creatures? The Dull creatures, like you mentioned, uh, and True Name Nemesis, I think, are the, the creatures to watch.
0: Yeah. Does Nick Fit get better because it runs five
1: drops? Well, Nick Fit might get better because it runs Fatal Push. This so is true. I mean,
0: this is true. <laughs> Uh, let me
1: just do about fifteen minutes on
0: Nickfit here. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, but you've been, uh, you've been waiting all month to do your to do your Nickfit bit. Yeah, right.
1: No, um, but let's think about think, think about a deck like that that has a lot of fetch lands, has a lot of has sacrifice effects, has um, Sensei's Divining Top. So it's going to trigger Revolt, right? It also wants to kill your Deathrite Shaman so that it can do fun things with Recurring Nightmare, Eternal Witness, right? It's got a high curve, so like. A green-black Nick Fit deck with a lot of basics to get around your Blood Moon problem is very streamlined. Now it doesn't have to splash in for Swords to Plowshares or Lightning Bolt to take care of, of things that come down early. Um, and it's going to have the late-game power to to keep up. So the, question, the, the, the real question that that lends you to is do, what happens... With miracles, which is Nick Fitz's nemesis, mm-hmm. um, with Fatal Push in the format.
0: Right, I think um, I think Miracles gets a little better because people are going to run Fatal Push and Abrupt Decay. Abrupt Decay obviously doesn't hurt. Uh, doesn't like it doesn't hurt the decks that are playing it against uh, what's it called a counter Counterbalance. Uh, Counterbalance. But they're going to be adding more creature removal and playing less interaction with that deck, and I think that. Uh, you're going to see that that's not going to work out well for them uh, if they're playing against counterbalance decks, because counterbalance has moved on from just being a monastery mentor deck to also again playing to uh, entreat the angels again. Mm-hmm. And I think that, well, that's, that th- those slots that the that the um, fatal push is taking out are slots for things like uh, spell snare and spell pierce uh, in mm-hmm. decks that might that might otherwise be running more of those cards.
1: Well, it's the bug versus miracles sort of tug of war, right? Mm -hmm. A bug deck can be very, very good versus miracles, Um, especially with true name nemesis, which is just a real pain for them to deal with and abrupt decay. So that the counterbalance lock is worth less. If you look at Reed's deck, he's got the dazes, which can be very good in the early game against miracles. Being able to daze their counterbalance um, is, is definitely worth doing or dazing something like Jace or Monastery Mentor. You know they don't play any mana ramp, but you're going to be playing eight mana dorks, right? So, <laughs> on the one hand, I feel like <laughs> that that deck is good against Miracles, right? Yeah. But um, but the the card Fatal Push itself is not good against Miracles. No, yeah. So the question is like, are, is the is the decks that play are the decks that play that's going to still keep all their power, their their anti miracle power in a way that will keep them a float in that matchup and and also just put a hammer down on some other.
0: And you also have that weird dichotomy of post-board, pre-board. Do I take out all my fatal pushes? Is he putting in a bunch of Monastery Mentors? You know, like that, that like, you know, tug of war and in the sideboard of like playing against a control deck that doesn't have a lot of creatures. And then they side in a bunch of creatures uh, and you sided out your removal. Like that is, that's a dangerous place to be if you're a deck that, uh, is is you know not a, like a mid range control deck like a bug deck is?
1: Yeah, a monastery mentor can be just devastating against you know decks that are trying to play one threat. You know, um, if the other the other thing, of course, is uh, that lightning bolt. If you, so if you were playing these four color decks, which we saw, you know, I played one at the Grand Prix. Uh, a lot of people are playing four color uh, decks that had lightning bolt because fatal push wasn't printed yet, obviously. Um the lightning bolt hitting Jace is not irrelevant. In fact, going, you know, you see red mana, you play Jace, usually you just go to five.
0: Yeah, you go red to five.
1: Yeah, just to at least, you know, prevent uh prevent that from being an issue. And now there will there will be absolutely no threat of that um out of out of a deck like that. The problem is that the decks that play lightning bolt might be susceptible to the decks that play Fatal Push, right? Yeah. So
0: um, it'll be an interesting, yeah. I mean, I think that, that, you know, it'll be interesting to see what happens with, uh, you know, that sort of rock, scissors, paper uh, aspect of it all. Yeah, and by the way, uh, we should also mention that uh,
1: our old friend uh, Nimble Mongoose doesn't get hit by this. And...
0: Yeah, man, the goose is loose again. <laughs> right,
1: you've got to, so here's the question, do you play, like, four Mongoose, Death Right, for Trinity Nemesis? In a deck. Like you've got these eight shroud creatures plus a death rate. That's that's pretty nice.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, hmm. Could you try and pull pull off some sort of like rug mid range? Like you've got bug mid range, right? But like maybe yeah. you go rug mid range and you play a deck that doesn't run fatal push at all and runs chain lightnings and lightning bolts, and you don't play delvers, you play creatures that your opponent can't can't hit. With fatal push, but see it right. But
1: then, what's the problem? You can't kill an Umezawa's Jitte, or really beat one, which which is the problem I came into. When I played well, on not, that not, not necessarily
0: true. Uh, you can block an Umezawa's Jitte creature with a uh, with a uh, Nemesis, that as long is as true. they don't have a Trune Nemesis,
1: <laughs> right? <laughs> and 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 I think that we should talk a little about Trune Nemesis and its and its potential. Uh, I mean, it's not it's not a new card, but it's taken it. it, it really ebbs and flows right Mm -hmm. and i think the printing of of leovold made the bug colors so good at just it's a must counter for a lot of interactive decks right and some uninteractive decks if you want to you know throw like storm in there as well um and it just reads creature suite with the four um true names and two leovolds it's a lot of it's a lot to keep up with like a true name you have to fight on the stack right yeah So if you fight that on the stack, then they untap, play Leovold. You have to fight that on the stack, or they're drawing cards off of it, right? Um, And letting a deck that's basically just all good cards, including more True Names and more Leovolds draw cards,
0: is really really
1: really tough. So you've got that squeeze on, right? Um, And and so True Name Nemesis, I think, there was definitely not that there was no complaining about it when it was printed, but I, I feel like it's it's gonna it's gonna it's gonna be a big player.
0: Yeah, I think forward. it's definitely going to be be better. Um and I think that we'll see we we will see just off of just off of one card, we're going to see a shift in the meta a little bit. Um I'm not sure where and I I just really hope that it's not like completely downplayed by the fact that uh people are just still afraid of Eldrazi, you know? Like I I fear Eldrazi. It's it's a deck that I hate playing against because it does it's uninteractive for most of the decks that I play with. And then it's also got huge threats that I can't deal with on top of it being uninteractive.
1: Well, that that's, and then there you go. Like there's this an opportunity for Eldrazi to creep back up after it hit the scene. It was very good. Um, people sort of adjusted to it a little bit. It's fallen off. Now you've got this, this spell that's going to go in these decks that already has trouble dealing with very large threats you know, there's your opportunity for Eldrazi to, to sneak back in.
0: Yeah, maybe you just start playing Endbringers and uh, and Worldbreakers, too.
1: Right. Um, I mean, it's a, funny you don't really mean to. I mean,
0: Eldrazi deck, you know?
1: Yeah, and, well, I mean, you've already seen cards like uh, Oblivion Sower, you know, get played in the Legacy versions. And that is just the, by the way, you ever had Oblivion Sower resolve against you? Yes. It is the worst feeling, isn't it?
0: It was, it was you look terrible, over, but not it. so bad because my opponent, all he got was a bunch of fetch lands.
1: Yeah, whatever. <laughs> then he plays an Urborg, and he's tapping your lands to yeah. search with his Iavugan for more stupid. Uh,
0: I mean, that's the that that card called that them? makes Iavugan that much better, right? Like, right. Uh, the, you know. Um, I mean, so and so Iavugan yeah. together is, are pretty good because then that's exactly what you want to be doing. It's just like. Okay, I'll get something else huge. I'll get something else huge. Keep killing them. I'll continue pulling threats from my deck.
1: Um, I think that another another interesting thing to watch will be the impact on death and taxes Um, because more black decks with this cheap removal spell, which is good, obviously, against them, also means more dreads of night, etc. But then that puts the... uh, the premium on something like Mirror and Crusader, which makes you wonder what happens to Sanctum Prelate and Recruiter of the Guard and all these other new goodies they got. Yeah. So there's just there's just gonna be this cascading effect. It's so interesting how this one little, somewhat innocuous card could could drive all these changes just by what it pushes out and what it and what it sort of makes more powerful, right? For the bug decks, and I and I, I gotta say about Reed's deck, like I, I was working on that for a while, like a very similar idea. Um, and watching his deck, how it developed from adding white and then taking the white back out. Um, I didn't get to, let's just play eight mana dorks. Yeah. But that was probably the only way before now that you could, as that, that kind of deck, keep up with some of the really fast Delver starts. Because the way I would always lose was they would they would go first and play a Deathrite Shaman. Then, you know, daze my thing and then make a Tarmogoyf for whatever, yeah. right? So... Excuse me, I got the coffee, and I just go on mute.
0: Um, so I'm trying to think if there's anything else in this set that's worth playing. Uh, you know, maybe uh, Barrel Chief of Compliance uh, might might be able to make it in. Uh, yeah. And, you know, that card seems seems like in in even in the bug decks, maybe in in the other Delver decks, it could see play as a card that just allows you to cycle through your deck. I mean that might th- a card like this might make playing Hooting Mandrills and Nimble Mongooses a thing because you're be able to cycle more. Um, perhaps that's that's true. Yeah. Um. I, I you know I I wouldn't put it against myself trying something like that. And you know I know a lot of people <laughs> are rolling their eyes, but uh, you know if, if you don't uh, experiment, who's gonna who's gonna do it? Um, well, I think I think the impact it
1: has on the cards: Delver of Secrets, Deathrite Shaman, Tarmogoyf. And Mother of Runes, uh, let's just all the infect creatures like this is just another thing that just mercs them. No questions asked, right? Wait, you're talking well, about barrel time. chief of compliance? No, I'm talking about uh, I'm talking about fatal. Fatal push. push. I was like, huh? So yeah, so as uh, <laughs> Sorry, so what I was saying about barrel is that like yeah, like if you're already looking at like how, how do I get more fatal pushers and cards into a deck?
0: Yeah,
1: and then what does that enable me to do with cards like barrel? Um, you know
0: just just something to think about. For sure. I mean, think about this. Let's say you cast Barrel, right, and your opponent attempts to Lightning Bolt it, and you daze it, uh, and then you discard the land that you just put in your hand, because you've got plenty of lands, and you discard that, and you draw a card. That seems great. Yeah, definitely. Like, if you get to a point where you can daze an opponent's spell, um and draw a card from the day's land it's almost like you know a mini gush yeah right um
1: yeah i think uh the the other card that we talked about a little bit that i think you know might might see some play is uh heart of kieran yeah
0: Um, for sure
1: not not fatal push resistant when it's a creature but uh You know, Planeswalkers become a thing because there's a lot of creature moves running around, right?
0: Yeah, yeah, I mean, Um, this card doesn't seem terrible even because, like, flying and vigilance is... Like, having a angel for two mana that gets activated by your Planeswalker or some creature that you have in play doesn't seem too bad. Well,
1: one of the things I realized a couple days ago was that uh, the ready tokens can crew vehicles, even though they have defender. Hmm. So, uh, yeah, yeah. I've been working on that a
0: little bit and, uh, D- I mean, heart are, of Kieran works well with the you know, if, 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 you want to put those two together,
1: you, you make it, make a, uh, make a defender guy and then just, you know, then crew the vehicle and just make a guy attack with a four, four, go blocker. And then eventually you have three defender guys. You can just tap to the heart of Kieran. So, yeah. Um, I mean, two mana four four it's not nothing. Um, but yeah i I don't think we're gonna I think it'll take a while for I think we're just going to see this sort of reshuffling as people so, sort of process what's going on. We also have to see you know what the outlet is for any new decks just because there's sort of a dearth of events. I think we'll be looking online a lot.
0: Yeah, I think another thing so um a, a card that I was thinking about recently that could could see play. Um, might even be like a power player uh, in, in in this particular deck, which is not a necessarily power play deck, is Planar Bridge for Cloud Post. Yep. Um, you know, just being like, oh, I'll tap and put in this thing. Then I'll tap and put in this thing. And, you know, like being in a situation where if you can get this card into play and if your opponent doesn't counter it, the next turn he loses. Um, now that's 14 mana that you have to deal with, but that's a deck that like literally can tap 14 mana in, in one turn.
1: Right. Well, they do it all the time. Yeah. To cast the armor cool. And, and if they you can don't have also, the armor cool, you still get it.
0: Yeah, and they can also uh show and tell this in, you know, and then be like, now we wait, you know. So that's that's. Well, they can show and
1: yeah, they can show and tell it in. Then the next time, then on the next turn, they could make eight mana. Yeah. To activate it, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so uh, that's not a big. That's not. That's not nothing for I did. I thought about that as well. It's an interesting. It's an interesting card. I mean. It's funny because they always say tutor that ignores mana costs, and this is, you know, I would not say it ignores mana costs, (laughs) I mean, it's a 14 mana investment, but Goblin Welder's a card, you know? Yeah. Cheat it out, and then then you gotta make eight. I don't know. At least channel's not legal, right? Yeah. Jeez. Um, yeah. Well, I've been playing a Rug, uh, sort of uh, Berserk deck this week because i've been waiting for fatal push to come out so i don't want to play black right now which i normally do and uh i think this will be i don't i think it's gonna just get killed by fatal push but it's been fun so far i I attacked with a 42 5 kiln fiend jeez yeah (laughs) that was pretty fun but uh that's what i've been playing this week what about you
0: um I have been pretty much I've been relaxing on Magic uh over the last like 2 weeks actually and I've been uh playing and collecting uh Legend of the Five Rings cards. Um that's been like a fun sort of uh trip into my nostalgic past with collectible card games that weren't necessarily Magic. Um yeah. and then I also uh you know I just been looking at other other card games from from like the past, you know, like stuff like Wyvern and uh the middle earth card game that came out before the Lord of the Rings movies uh you know just looking at that stuff and seeing like you know what mechanics you know design wise might we be able to pull from these and, and include into uh you know the you know magic at, at some point in time maybe um I so, forgot about wyvern yeah wyvern <laughs> you know like that was the that was the game that you like you played magic and then you saw that like wyvern was like a deck was like two dollars on sale in a bargain bin. You're like, I could play another collectible card game and maybe make a million dollars, like I like people did in Magic: The Gathering. And you're like, nope, that <laughs> stuff's trash. Um, so yeah, I've just been looking at a lot of different uh different games, uh, and kind of you know, like my my job is a is is in game design. So you know, looking at that stuff and uh you know in in the meantime because i don't have a great place to play uh legacy right now and i don't have a a really great lgs around me uh i've been trying to spend my time constructively uh in the gaming world uh doing doing other things that are at least related to magic
1: yeah well we've been you know we've been continuing to ramp it up here in utah still getting some impressive turnouts for legacy uh you know and uh i'm happy i'm happy for that but uh you know hopefully we'll get to hopefully we'll get to get out to some events soon
0: yeah i mean i i think i might play in a modern tournament this weekend uh see what you know like on saturday so so we'll see if fatal push is a, is a card that, that has to be reckoned with in uh in modern i think i'm just going to play a deck that hopes to ignore fatal push uh yeah in in the form of infect with a lot of uh, blossoming defenses and maybe some uh, apostles blessings.
1: Blossoming defense is, you know, if there's like, going to be a foil, foil to for the for these infect decks, and I mean I've got it in that in this berserk deck I'm playing, it's it's really good. I mean, it's like vines of the vastwood is pretty much obsolete. It used to be that vines of the vastwood was great because you could uh, you could vines their deceiver exarch in response to splinter twin. Oh yeah, and it would fizzle the Splinter Twin, but then they banned Splinter Twin, and there's nothing like that that ever happens in Legacy. So yeah, but yeah, like you're basically like it always feels so bad to cast the Vines for just one green, um, but getting two green is a pain anyway. Um, this is this is just like you know half the cost, and it's like seventy five percent of the effect. So uh, yeah, that's a that's gonna be an interesting card to see for sure.
0: I mean, Vines has that thing where if you're playing. Uh... If you're playing uh, Legacy, you could uh, vines and then uh, cast Berserk and win, which is cool. But Vigorate does that just so much better. Yeah, and and uh, become immense. And yeah, become immense.
1: I mean, and you also need three green to do that, which you yeah. need, which is not easy. I mean, Wastelands a card, Bolt your mobile hierarchy.
0: Yeah. You know. So I guess I'll yeah. have more information on that after uh, after the the weekend. See, see how. Well, pick I up do. your Fatal Pushes because I think they'll be
1: good in Gifts.
0: Yeah, I'm definitely going to – I definitely want to play them in Gifts. And I, and I think Gifts might have a chance now with um, a lot of the other decks getting sort of nerfed, the, the more aggressive decks getting nerfed. I might be able to get in there with uh, – Yeah, right. Between Fatal Push, like three Fatal Push, three uh, Path to Exile, and like three Inquisition of Kozilek, I think that I could easily get around those decks.
1: Yeah, until you get to cast Gifts and just win. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right, Alright man.
0: Well, have a good night. Yeah, have a good one. Talk to you next stop, week. Everyone. Stop, honeymoon stuff! Tennessee, I need more stuff! It's time to go! Keep it up with the Joneses! Stop, stop, honeymoon stuff! Tennessee, I need more stuff! It's time to go! Keep it up with the Joneses! Keep it up with the Joneses! Keep it up with the Joneses! Alright! Where does he get those wonderful toys?